Okay, if you would take your Bible this morning and turn to Proverbs chapter 31. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 31. <clears throat> going to start reading in verse 10. going to read the rest of the chapter. Proverbs 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman for a price as far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night, giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. Fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen, and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor her her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is a law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up, and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her, own, of her hands. Let her own works praise her in the gates. The title of the message this morning is A Virtuous Woman. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for your word. We thank you for how it instructs us and challenges us and presents before us how we ought to live and please thee in all things. And we thank you for our mothers today and as we consider this topic today of a virtuous woman. I pray that you help me, give me wisdom and preaching and teaching the word of God, give ears to hear, hearts to obey, and may you be glorified, and may we rejoice in your goodness. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, the proverb here, the word of God, of course, penned by Solomon under inspiration, gives us a picture of a what the Bible calls a virtuous woman. You might say it's a picture of the most perfect woman. Now we understand that none of us are perfect. We all have we all have things that we have to work on and the flaws in our life, but it is something that we should strive for uh, in our lives. And so how do you define a virtuous woman? How do you find virtuous? It's, it's defined as power, purity, influence. Uh, the word is translated, and, and to help us understand the, the broadness and the, the, the power of this word, here's how it's translated in some other verses. Same word, Hebrew word. Give not thy strength, strength unto women. Proverbs 31.3. Jeremiah 34.7. When the king of Babylon's army, it's translated army, fought against Jerusalem. Genesis 47, verse 6. The land of Egypt, 
is before thee. In the best of the land make thy father and brethren dwell. In the land of Goshen let them dwell. And if thou knowest any men of activity among them. The word there is activity. This speaks of being industrious, you know, working. Of course, that's described for us in this chapter. Uh, Exodus 18.25. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel, made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. In other words, they were able. They were, they were, they were uh, qualified. Uh, Joshua 6.2. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thee thine hand Jericho and the king thereof, and the, and the mighty men of valor. So these were men of valor. And that's the word, same word as defined or interpreted or translated virtuous here in Proverbs chapter 31. And, and, and I think that's many times we fail to understand what virtuous really means, and we fail to understand the influence that a virtuous woman mother, wife, can have on her husband and on her children. Uh, so, so as we consider this this morning, again, we see her price, the price of virtuous woman, in verse 10 says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price or far, is far above rubies. In other words, her worth is far above rubies. Now, rubies is one of the, is mo- one of the uh, most precious of, of jewels. Uh, it speaks of of far distant, like distant lands, you know, it's, it's, it's very valuable. It's more shining than a body of pearls. Uh, in Job 28.18, uh, says, No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. Again, it's, it's better than a pearl, better than a coral. Proverbs 3.15, she is more precious than rubies, and all things that thou canst desire are not to be compared. So there isn't really any comparison. There's no comparison to a virtuous woman. That's the idea. Wisdom is better than rubies, all things to be compared. Again, not to be compared to it. Uh, There is gold, Proverbs 20.15, there is gold in a multitude of rubies, but the lifts of knowledge are a precious jewel. Precious jewel. So who can find, how do you find, how do you find a virtuous woman whose price, whose worth is far above, who is something that cannot be compared unto? You know, Abraham sent to a far country to find a wife for his son Isaac. He went to great expense to find a virtuous woman for Isaac. Your Proverbs tells he that findeth the wife findeth the good thing. If she is of the Lord. You know, and only the Lord can make a virtuous woman or a faithful man. It's only the Lord. It is her fear of God and her diligence to honor the Lord in her life that makes her a virtuous woman. Notice in verse 31 and verse 30 it says, Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. So who can be compared unto a virtuous woman? There's no comparison. That's a price. Secondly, we see her place. In verses 11 and 12, it says, The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. So her place, and we'll notice several things for her. The place is the heart of her husband. You know, she can be trusted. A virtuous woman can be trusted by her husband 
to be, to be skillful and economical in the use of their resources. Uh, he has confidence in her. Now, this is, this is, a, this is a virtuous woman. Uh, one man said this, quote, Her management is so skillful, industrious, and economical that her husband has no temptation to go out of his way to do aught that is dishonest in order to increase his resources. Many a husband has been prompted to deeds of dishonesty through indolence and extravagance of the partner of his life, unquote. Now, he has confidence. You know, the, 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 the mother is, is kind of the, 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 and we'll see that a little bit, the, kind of the, the manager of the home. You know, the, the, the husband is to be the head, but, but she's kind of set over to, to, to govern the home like a steward. And you know, he's out working. And she's there, you know, managing the house. And so her management skills are industrious and economical. So their husband has confidence in her. It's confidence in her. Secondly, there's to be reverence for her husband. Again, verse 12 says, She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Verse 23 says, Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land, and then again in verse twenty-six, she opened her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. You know, a virtuous woman considers it her chief duty to know her husband and to be a help meet for him, to listen, to cheer him when he's sad, to encourage him, uh, when to speak. You know, many a wife has severely damaged the confidence of her husband by a cutting and harsh, judgmental tongue. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. And we see an illustration of this in the scriptures. 2 Samuel chapter 6. And verse 20. It says, Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, and covered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. And David said unto Michael, It's before the Lord, which chose me before thy father, and before all his people, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight. And of the maid servants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall be had in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day of her death. Now, here, is a, here is Michael, who the Bible tells us that loved David when she married him before he had to flee from Saul. And, of course, then she was given to somebody else. Here she is very critical of him because he danced, you know, he, he, he girded himself with a linen ephod. He didn't act like, he didn't act kingly. He didn't act the part of a king. Herbert Lockyer in his book, Women of the Bible, said this, quote, After such an outburst of reproach, we read that Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child on the day of her death. And such a final flat statement practically means that she lived apart from David, more or less divorced. The estrangement between them likely became more acute because of other wives now sharing David's prosperity. Childless till her death was a punishment appropriate to her transgression. 
David was given many sons and daughters, and her sister Mara bore five sons. But Michael never achieved the great attainment of being a mother. She ended her days without the love and companionship of a husband, caring for her dead sister's five children, all of whom were ultimately beheaded. What can we learn from this story of Michael and David? Misunderstanding arose in their relationship because of a clash of temperament, outlook, and purpose. Had Michael shared David's faith in God, how differently life would have been for both of them. But Michael made no effort to understand her husband's Godward desires and so passed a wrong judgment upon him. How certain we should be of a person's motive for his acts or attitudes before we condemn him. Further, had Michael loved David enough, she should have sought his forgiveness after he explained his demeanor before the Lord. She worshipped him when he was poor and unknown, and now that he is king, she despised him in her heart. David realized they could never love the same God, therefore he cut her from his heart. Being eaten up with pride, there was no tolerance in her heart, so harmony was impossible. You see, she criticized, judged his motives. And this was a bitter pill that a man cannot swallow, cannot, cannot, cannot accept. And so a virtuous woman knows how to entreat, knows how to counsel in meekness. Uh, in fact, look at uh, Esther, Esther in chapter 7. Esther in chapter 7. And this, here we see example of this, and, and there are some others in the Bible. In Esther chapter 7, you know, here Esther is married to a heathen king. Uh, he, he makes judgments that are, that, are, that are not wise. He does things that are not wise concerning the Jewish people. Although he, and again, he, 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 doesn't, he did this lacking wisdom. He didn't research what he was actually getting into. He didn't, he didn't investigate Haman at all, obviously, when he made these decisions. So, but, but Esther, you know, of course, she is a Jew. She's, she's, uh, it's her people to be destroyed. So, so she goes to him. In Esther 7, it says, So the king and Haman came to a banquet with Esther the queen. And the king said again unto Esther on the second day at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? And it shall be formed even to the half of the kingdom. Then Esther the queen answered and said, Notice what's the first word. If. If I have found favor in thy sight, O king. And if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I had held my tongue. Although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. So she entreated him. She counseled him with meekness. And this is, this is what the Bible tells us. When it, when it says here in, in uh, Proverbs 30, uh, 31 and verse 30, when it says, Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth Lord, she shall be praised. It's talking about the woman of a meek and quiet spirit, which Peter says in 1 Peter 3, is in the sight of God of great price. Again, it's, it's not to be compared to. It's of great price. Great price. In his book, Charles Bridges, on the, uh, on the subject of Proverbs, says... 
that when, when there's a, uh, a critical or contentious woman, all the favor and beauty will be turned to disgust. You know, men, men aren't turned away from a woman because she loses her beauty because of their attitudes. But a virtuous woman, the Bible says, Proverbs 12, 4 says, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. A crown. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. It has the effect of rottenness in his bones. You know, Michael shamed David. She shamed him. Told him he was acting Showing off, you know, living to please the people, just showing off in front of the people. She shamed him. You know, a woman, a virtuous woman, keeps herself attractive in spirit. Verse, again, so she's a crown. To her husbands. She's the glory to her husband. Uh, in 1 Corinthians eleven seven, 7, it, it says this. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is demon and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of man. In fact, if you notice in verse 23 of our passage, it says, Her husband. Why does it say her husband? Her husband is known in the gates. You know, a woman can make, give man confidence or tear it down. And her husband is known in the gates. In other words, her influence encourages him to be willing to stand before the world because he has confidence in her. Confidence in her. So, This is her place. Thirdly, you know, again, what we see here is a woman has great power of positive influence by the reverence of her husband. But we see, thirdly, her practice, her practice. And I notice several things here. First of all, she has a servant's heart. She has a servant's heart. Verse 13, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She worketh willingly. She lives to serve. You know, really, all of us ought to live to serve. You know, whether, you know even if you're in a place of leadership, it's, it's a place of service. Jesus came, said he came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. You know, he that will be great among you shall be servant of all. And so, but, and so the virtuous woman is one who serves. She serves. She worketh willingly. She views her work as a labor of love for the Lord, first and foremost, and then her family. I read some time ago about a little girl who was helping her mom with dishes and laundry and all the things that the women, ladies do, you know, the mother does. And she says, Mom, don't you get tired of doing all this stuff, washing dishes and cooking meals and... And, and doing laundry, and, and she said, I'm not just washing dishes and cooking meals and doing laundry. 
I'm building a home. I'm building a home. It's all in how you look at it. It's how you look at it. So she views her work. She has a servant's heart. She is diligent in her labors. Uh, she has many skills. And, you know, again, the skills here, some of the things that are mentioned here are not applicable to today, but, but we can make some applications. Verse 14 through 19 says, She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field, and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She out her poor hands to the poor and needy. So, you know, she is, you know, and we might say it this way. She is skillful, you know, to bring it down to, to modern times. She is skillful in shopping. You know, usually it falls to the women, the moms, the households, that they do the shopping. I'm glad for that. Uh, so they're skillful in shopping. Thrifty in purchasing necessities. Her spending is purposeful. Cautious. Practical. You know, we should, we should be, you know, again, understand, we should understand that we're stewards of whatever God has given us. And a virtuous woman is, is careful and cautious and practical. You know, does, does it, is it useful? You know, it's something we ask. You know, we, we live in a, a, a time when we, we have so many things that are, that are not practical so often. So she spends carefully. She makes good investments. Gets the most for your dollar. Now, the buying the cheapest is not necessarily getting the most for your dollar. Sometimes cheapest, you buy three or four, and if you bought you know, a, a better grade, you know, you, it would last longer, and so on and so forth. So, uh, so, so these are all things, you know, good investments, getting the most. Uh, she knows how to manage the household. You know, management takes order, discipline, schedules. Uh, keep things in order. You know, planning meals, cleaning, schooling, all these things. If it's without order, it'll be chaotic. But a good manager knows how to order, puts things in order. Schedules. Uh, You know, I, I hear people say sometimes, well, I just don't have time. Don't have time. You know what? You have to schedule the time. And if you're too busy, then there's some things you need to eliminate. If you're too busy to have time with God, there's some things you need to eliminate from your schedule. If you're too busy to do the things that God has given you responsibility to do, there's some things you need to eliminate from your schedule. Or you need to get up earlier, get up while it's still dark, and go to bed after it's dark. Diligent. Thirdly, she is a woman of wisdom. Notice verses 26 and 27. She opened her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. 
She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Uh, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1 says that the, a wise woman, or says, Wisdom hath builded her house, and she hath hewn out her seven pillars. Wisdom hath built her house. So she is, a, she is a fountain of wisdom. It says she opened her mouth with wisdom. So you know, she is a fountain of wisdom because she fears God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God. You know, in her busy life, and you know, a mother is a busy woman. You know, it's, it's a little bit irritating to me when people say something to the fact that, you know, a mother doesn't work, she just stays home. You know, sort of like the little boy who goes, goes off to work and and uh, and uh, you know he's bragging about how early he get up in the morning and 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 uh, somebody asked him, well, well, did you eat breakfast before you come? He said, yeah. Well, who got your breakfast? Well, mom did. Well, you know, and he, and he gets out his lunch. Well, well, who packed your lunch? Well, mom did. And and well, when you and he said, you know, when dad and mama, dad and I go home and I and then we eat something. Well, who prepares that? Well, mom does. So she, uh, she got up before he did to get his breakfast ready, to get his lunch ready, and she, gets, she, she works after he does, cleaning up for his supper. And then they asked her, well, what does your mom do? Well, she just stays at home. No, you see, a, a woman who wasn't is busy, but yet she finds time for God. It is evident in her speech in, in Proverbs, it says in verse uh, uh, twenty-seven or verse twenty-six here, in her tongue is the law of kindness. She opened her mouth with it, and her tongue is the law of kindness. Proverbs uh, fifteen and verse two. Proverbs fifteen and verse two. It says this: the tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. You know, and so it's evident. And her kindness to her husband, to her children, to the poor strangers, her kindness is evident. Uh, in looking to the ways of her house, verse 27, it, it, it says that she, is, she looketh well to the ways of her house, so when eateth not the bread of nidles, uh, she, she looks well. She's not only concerned that they're fed and clothed, but they are properly guarded and taught. She looketh well to the ways of her house. Not just in academics, but in the fear of the Lord. Titus chapter 2 and verse 5. Titus chapter 2 and verse 5. For she is the guardian of the home. Proverbs, or Titus 2 and verse 5. You know, just as a steward, he's not the head of the house. A steward is a manager. Joseph was the steward of Potiphar's house. He was not the head over the house. But he managed... Potiphar's business dealings. And a, and a mother is, is like that, a steward of the house. Uh, she manages it, and she's the, the guard, you might say. Titus 2.5 says this, To be discreet, talking about uh, mothers here, To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Now the word keepers at homes, according to the Greek lexicon, means to take care of household affairs, Domestic. Strong's 
defines it this way, guard, guard, a stay-at-home domestically inclined. And so she's the guard. She's the, you know, the husband's away, you know, typically in, 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 the, in, the, in the world. The husband's out working. He's away from the home working. She's at home, and she's to guard the children. She's to keep them, protect them. You know, it takes a lot of wisdom to guard and train children to be God-fearing, profitable citizen society. And so that's her purpose. That's her practice. Proverbs 1.8 says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. In Proverbs chapter 6, in verses 20 to 23, the Bible says this, My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of destruction are the ways of life. If you want to uh, 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 have, have direction and, and light for your life, follow. If you had a mother that taught you the word of God, and it kept you and instructed you in the ways of, the, of life, you need to keep them. It is a lamp. Do you ever think about who was credited with teaching, instilling faith in Timothy? We don't know. We really, really don't know anything really about Timothy's father. But 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul wrote to Timothy, he says, When I call remembrance, the unfaint faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that in thee also. You see, a virtuous woman can have great influence on her children. Great influence. It can be good or bad. You know, I think a little Samuel, whose mother made him a coat every year, who kept him home until he was weaned, then took him up to the temple. Or little Moses, who was put in the ark of bulrushes and was taught by his mother. Oh, I'm sure his dad was out making bricks like all the rest of the men. But that mother put in his mind and in his heart the promises of God to the Jewish people. And he never got away from it. Mothers, are you putting into your children the promises of God? Or the worries and cares of the world? Then notice, fourthly and finally, her praise. Her praise. Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. The word arise means to stand, to come on the scene, to become powerful, to be established, to be established. Of course, praise means to be blessed. 
happy, successful strength speaks of strength. Charles Bridges, again, in his commentary in this, on Proverbs, said this, quote, We may picture to ourselves her condition, crying with years, her children grown up, perhaps themselves surrounded by families and endeavoring to train them as themselves have been trained. Their mother is constantly before their eyes. Her tender guidance, her wise counsels, her loving discipline, her holy example are vividly kept in remembrance. They cease not to call her blessed and to bless the Lord for her as his invaluable gift. This is a picture of children that grow up. And if they marry... You know, they grow up and continue in the things that they were taught. And if they marry, they, they raise their children as they were taught. Which is a testimony to the life in the ministry. Mothers, it's a ministry. It's a ministry. Ministry is serving. It's a life and testimony of life and ministry of a mother, a homemaker, a household manager. See, her own works will praise her in the gates, the Bible says. Her own works. Proverbs 127, verses 3 to 5, says, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath this quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gates. It's kind of the same picture here. Of they, they arise, they come on the scene, and they're, they become powerful. They become people of influence in the world because they've been, been, been influenced. In fact, Psalm 128 goes on and says, Blessed is every one that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways, for thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. You're going to eat the labor of your hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. In other words, you're going to reap the, the labor of your hands. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children are like olive plants round about thy table. Now, that doesn't sound impressive to you, but it's like an ornaments of your life. Like a crown. The crowns of your life. About thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. So her children rise up and call her blessed. And then we see she's also praised by her husband. Verse 29 says, uh, it's not the verse I want. Um, uh, Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtually, but thou excellest them all. You know, verse 29, again, seems to be the husband speaks, you know, and, and she has spoken directly that thou, uh, uh, but thou, singular there, has excellest them all. Uh, one commentator said this, quote, He cannot refrain from bestowing praise on one whom he finds to be the sweetener of all his cares, his faithful advisor in perplexities, his comforter in every distress, the instrument of the great part of his earthly happiness, his best friend, his unceasing joy, and his brightest crown. Unquote. Her husband, he also praiseth her. You know, in, 
in the book of Ruth, Boaz says to Ruth, in Ruth 3.11, And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Of course, he, we know Boaz became her, became her husband. You know, Ruth, Ruth was a virtuous woman. And he said everybody knows it. It was evident by her activity, by her conduct. What made her so? What made her a virtuous woman? Well, I think the secret is found in chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, where she replies to Naomi. It says, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. Whether thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and here's the secret. Thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part me, me, thee and me. See, she feared God. She was not going back to her family, to the gods of Moab. She had come to trust and put her confidence in the God of Israel. And she was not going to be turned away from him. She put her faith and trust in the Lord. She submitted herself to the Lord. Willingly gave up the comforts and security and the ease of the world. It would have been easier to go back and stay in Moab. There's more promise of hope in Moab, uh, earthly, uh, 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 under the sun, than there was going back to the land of Judah for her. So she gave up the comforts and security to follow the Lord and Naomi. Was she rewarded? The Lord is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now this isn't just to the women this morning or the mothers this morning, but the question is, are you diligently seeking him? That's what makes a virtuous woman whose price is far above rubies. It's the fear of the Lord. It's not how pretty she is or how elegant she is. It's does she fear the Lord. And let me just say this. There's a beauty that's uncomparable in a meek and quiet spirit. But the question is, are you diligently Seeking the Lord. Do you fear Him? Are you serving Him?